Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, it's good to be here. Father's Day, and it was my birthday week. A big week. It's been great. The kids have loved on me, and Elisa's loved on me, and it's just a wonderful time of year. And excuse me while I just... There we go. Look at this, hey? Buckle up. We're going to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and to 13. Um, This is just after um, the Lord has said, let there be light, let there be water, let there be earth. And we find ourselves in the third movement of uh, God speaking creation and it responding. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Father, we thank you for the mystery of your word. Father, we we cannot comprehend even to begin to comprehend what took place as you you set the earth into motion, as you gave breath to the very land on which we walk as you spoke into being the sun and the moon and the stars, and as we've just read, you called forth fruits and vegetables and trees and plants and vegetation. And I pray this morning as we look at your good and great creation, Father, that we be inspired toward a greater and deeper love of who you are. Pray that we would see Jesus in the word this morning and that he would do a work in us. Amen. So this week I've been thinking a lot about seed and fruit. Um, having this portion of scripture um, to tell today, um, I've been thinking a lot about this. In fact, I've been collecting seeds and fruit as I've been going about. Uh, and message prep kind of took a different uh, angle, down with some books and in prayer and um, just reading. This week I was at the fruit market thought, why not go there and I'll, I'll get some, spend some time with the Lord looking at the shelves of fruit. And I went and spent some time out on the Cornell Peninsula in the back of the sand dunes and on the top of the escarpments and having a look at vegetation and what the Lord created out there. And, I, and there was some prep last night sitting around the fire with friends who just happened to ask me, what are you uh, speaking on tomorrow? And I had a cap. So this is preach number two of this message. They got it last night around the fire and it's been a wonderful um, exploration this week as I've been wrestling with the, world, uh, with the Word. And I found some interesting things. I found um, this, is, this is the seed head of uh, an acacia. Oh, so, uh, sorry, a callistamon. A callistamon. This is going to become a bottle brush. That's the fan- callistamon's a fancy name for a bottle brush. Fozzie knows all about bottle brushes. Favorite plant. And... Um, that's, a, that's the seed head of a, a callistamon. I, uh, I found this out in Cornell. This is, uh, this is called carboprotus, otherwise known as pig face. And this little thing here, this little seed head, 
Um, it turns into what you would see on the sand dunes everywhere, these beautiful daisy-looking pink flowers, and they're all up and down the east coast from Rockhampton all the way down the coast, and um, carbobrotus means uh, fruit edible, uh, edible fruit, and it's, uh, you can eat them, not the flowers. I'm not going <laughs> to, just get amongst it. I found, I found a balotti bean. Who's ever heard of a balotti bean, this pretty-looking, patterned, pea kind of setup. I was fascinated just looking at the colour and just going, I don't even like peas, but how good's that one? And uh, in my front yard, I did some message prep in my front yard, I found the Strelitzia. How cool is that? How good is, it's called the bird of paradise for all the plebs out there, but Strelitzia is, uh, how good is, it? like what, a, it looks like a, it's called a bird of paradise, it looks like a bird that belongs in paradise. That is just a wonderful piece of creation, is it not? Very cool. I grow lemons in my backyard. That's a big old lemon lemon tree. If you want lemons, don't go to the shop. You go to my house. I found kiwi fruit. That's pretty run-of-the-mill kind of, of setup. I found, um, this is called pampas grass, and I'm going to come back to grass in a little while. Um, what oh, I found the most hideous piece of fruit you can imagine. Can, I, can you see that? The pimply feral-looking, rough. It's called a gold nugget mandarin. I mean, how incredible is the diversity of God's handiwork? You know, some have seeds, some of these have seeds on the outside, like the strawberry. You know, there's little uh, ripples on there. That, that, that's just not a little thing. That's the actual strawberry seed. You can pick them off. And if you're going to do that, you're best to put them in a little uh, Ziploc bag, put them in the freezer, and then plant them because they think they've just kind of come out of winter. How about that? You can freeze them. They think, oh, I'm cold. And then you put them in the dirt, and they go, oh, it's warm now. I'll fruit. That's how you can get strawberries to fruit, by the way. Uh, some have, you know, real sweet and delicious, and, and, you know, who loves a good orange? And some have got real hard, you know, exteriors, a real hard shell like a pumpkin and like the, uh, the coconut here. And some, some are a little bit furry and a little bit hairy. Uh, I like f- hairy and f- furry just because it reminds me of me. And some are real smooth and, uh, and, and real shiny. And God's handiwork is, is absolutely amazing. Some slender, slump, some long, some abrasive, some quite smooth. I'm going to speak this morning. I'm going to give you three bites for the topic of food. And the first bite that I'll this morning and chew on is that your fruitfulness is not dependent on your form. Your fruitfulness in life is not dependent on your form. We read in Genesis that God, as he spoke creation into being, he spoke seed into every living thing, and within every living thing contains the seed for life. And sometimes I think we get caught up comparing ourselves. You know, we we rob ourselves. One of the greatest lies that rob us of our true humanity is because you aren't like them or you aren't like that, you can't be fruitful. Because you aren't a leader like they are, you can't lead. Because you aren't a preacher like they are, you can't preach. Because you aren't a good parent as you are, you're not as good a dad as they are. Because you aren't as well off as them, you're not great with money. Because you aren't as articulate them, you shouldn't speak. Because you can't pray like they can, your prayers aren't as powerful. And that's just my list. 
this comparison game that we, pray, that we play. But in every living thing, God has placed seed. He has placed the capacity for every living organism to grow, to produce, to regenerate, and to multiply. And this is as true of an orange or a kiwi fruit as it is of your life. God in his creative design has made you with the capacity to grow, with the capacity to reproduce, and the capacity to multiply. We might first think of our physicality as in our reproductive system, the sperm and the egg, but it is just as true of our physicality as it is of our creativity. The ability for us to grow in creativity. It's as true of that in our spirituality, that we have the capacity to uh, to receive seed of spiritual things and to see spiritual things grow in our life and to see spirituality multiply in our life and reproduce in other people. There is seed in your personality, the ability for your personality to grow. For your understanding of who you are and people around you and the way that you work in the world to grow and to mature and to bear fruit and to reproduce and multiply in every living thing God has placed seed. God has placed within you a unique mind, a unique heart, unique strengths, unique talents, unique interests, unique curiosities that like plants, they grow, they develop, they mature, and they produce more seed and more growth and more seed and more growth and more fruit, and that falls to the ground and gets planted again, and on and on and on it goes. Your existence as part of God's incredible created order is fact life, growth, and fruitfulness. It is within us, a constant rhythm humming like a line underneath a song of life, of of fruitfulness, of dying, of seeding, of growing, of maturing, of springing to life, of bearing fruit. Sometimes, though, our existence can be a factory of comparison and fear, and we live lives as gold nugget mandarins wishing we were apples. You know, we look at the apple thinking we're a golden mandarin. We kind of look through our pimply bits at the apple and go, whoa, how appealing is the apple? I wish I could be an apple. You know, the apple is so approachable. It is so sweet. The apple is, it has so many uses. It's so diverse. It could be a a snack, it could be an apple pie, it could be all kinds of things. The apple, wow, I wish I was an apple. Whilst at the same time we wish we were the apple, we look at ourselves and we think, wow, look at my rough edges, look at how formed this is, look how ugly this is, look, look how this this just doesn't cut it on the table of God's good creation. We relegate ourselves to the not-for-human consumption pile. Like, I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't at the golden nugget mandarin. I'd call that the ugliest sin mandarin. <laughs> and we relegate ourselves to the discard pile. But your fruitfulness is not dependent on your form. Because somebody picked this up and they saw its pimply bits 
and they saw its ugliness, they saw its weirdness, and they called it gold. Man, that is what the gospel does in our life. The Lord looks at our pimply bits, he looks at our sinful bits, he looks at our broken bits, he looks at our unformed bits, he looks at the bits that we would otherwise discard out of our lives, and he says, you, my friend, are gold. There is as much seed to be fruitful in this as there is seed to be fruitful in this. Don't compare yourself to the other bit of fruit. Your fruitfulness is not dependent on form. See, what we think is deficient in our lives, God redeems it for his glory. What we think is imperfect, God elevates for his purpose. What we think is useless, God empowers to be useful. What we think is weakness, God adds his strength to it that his power would be seen in it. Your form has nothing to do with your fruitfulness. The fact that you are living, breathing, deeply loved human being, created in the image of God, you are fruitful by very nature. That in you, God has placed seed. God has placed the capacity to grow and to mature and to, and to strengthen and to multiply and to produce fruit and all he's created you to be. I was recently working with someone and we were having a kind of a future-oriented uh, conversation and they offered me their thoughts with a, a sense of hesitation uh, with the disclaimer, I'm not very creative, I'm not much of a visionary person. This is a classic case of golden nugget Mandarin thinking that fruitfulness in creativity vision is reserved for apples. See, vision and creativity isn't about having a five- 50-year plan or being a big picture thinker. Vision is about being able to see what God is doing now and responding accordingly. Vision is less about big plans and more about next steps. Creativity is the same. It's not about being a musician or a poet or a painter. As we've gone through this Imagineering series, maybe you're still sitting there disqualifying yourself, saying, I'm not a creative person. Through what lens? Not creative in comparison to who? Don't tell me you're not creative. The very fact that you're drawing breath, that you had kids, that job, that you can do something useful with your hands means that you are a creative person. If this season of COVID has taught us nothing else, it has taught us that our sense of control, particularly concerning the future, is an illusion that distracts us from the present moment. In this moment, in this season, right where you are, the seed of God's kingdom resides in your soul. My prayer for you is that new life and fresh vision and inspired creativity and new hope and greater freedom and restored confidence in who God has created you to be will grow and multiply in these days. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. That in these moments, we're not going to be fooled into thinking we can control the future because we know we can't. It is an illusion that keeps us from the present moment, realizing that right here and right now within me is the seed of God's kingdom that can go and bear fruit in this world. I think when we get a revelation of the truth of what is within us, it changes the way we see our contribution to the world. 
The most creative thing you can do with your life is to avail yourself to the transformational living presence of God and respond in the next way you know how. There is grace for your mistakes, so just have a go. You're not going to get it right. (laughs) Neither am I. But man, God is so gracious. Your fruitfulness does not depend on your shape, the flavor, the texture or color of your life, but entirely on the life of a creative and fruitful God who pulses through your veins. Your fruitfulness has nothing to do with your form, but on the fact that God has placed his seed within you. Isn't that a relieving thought? Bite number two, if you're taking notes. Fruitfulness is a process, not an event. See, in the beginning, God did not demand, this is, this is point number two, point one, this is point two. Fruitfulness is a process, an event. In the beginning, God did not demand tomatoes. And kaboom, tomatoes just arrived. He said, let there be, and this was spoken of earlier in this series, that as God spoke, creation responded. And God did not just say, let there be tomatoes, he said, let be vegetation and the creativity of creation began something it, it, it in the passage of time it decided that a seed in the ground was just going to emerge and that seed formed and it pushed roots down into the soil and and then in the passage of time Creation responded and the dirt wriggled a little bit. And out out sprung this little sprout. And as that little sprout swayed in the breeze, it, it, it grew as the rain fell. And as the sun warmed its leaves, as photosynthesis took place, and the energy of the sun was converted to food and it it grew a little bit more. And then as creation was creating, as it was progressing, as it was evolving, was responding to the breath of God, it said to itself, now's the time. Let's do it. Boom. Out sprung a little green berry. And then as that little green berry began to blush, went red in the face, We have tomatoes. I don't know whether Adam and Eve were Italian and they wanted spaghetti tomatoes. Whether it was because in the garden it was Gen Z Australian kids who wanted tomato on their smashed avo. But nonetheless, what a marvellous creation. In the same way that a tomato doesn't start as a tomato but a seed, the fruit from your life doesn't just appear. There is always a process, a path to fruitfulness. Mark 4:26 gives us insight to this kingdom principle that the kingdom of the farmer who scatters seed, it sprouts and it grows and he doesn't know how. First of all, the blade comes up, then the ear of the corn and then the full head of grain, and then it's harvested. Day and night, it grows. 
and he does not know how. There's a scattering, a sprouting, a growth, a productivity, a ripening, and a harvest that there's a process. You know, life is not linear. We don't get planted once and we don't sprout just once. We don't just grow once or fruit once or multiply once. Throughout our lives, God plants things in our hearts. He births new things in at different times. He matures different parts of us in different seasons. He produces different uh, fruit in our lives in different ways and at different times. He causes things um, to go within, within us to go dormant and even die off to make room for the new. There is no greater wisdom that I have received, none greater wisdom than I can give you in this regard other than these three words. And Jen has drummed this into my thick skull for the last 10 years. Trust the process. Trust the process as God plants you. Trust the process as God transforms you. Trust the process as God prunes you. Trust the process as he brings you. You trust the process as he makes you fruitful. Trust his process as he multiplies you. You know, sometimes though we want the fruit, but we're not prepared for the burial. Yeah, God, make me fruitful. You know, in my experience, how God makes you fruitful, he will bury you in the dirt. And not because he doesn't love us, but because of the precise opposite. That we know from the word that for something to be productive, it must first die. You see, it doesn't start with the seed. It starts with the fruit. And the fruit of the creative voice of God has given us life. And he takes that life and he plants it in the ground. You know, be encouraged this morning. If you feel like you are buried under a heap of manure, that maybe God has arranged circumstances in your life to know full well that there is fruit coming, but it begins by being buried. Trust God in being buried. It doesn't last long. We know that. This comes next. There is a sprout. There is a new thing. There is a, a, a new thing that God is bringing up in your life. There is a birth that God is birthing in his church, but it starts with being buried. Now, sometimes we want the fruit, but we're too afraid of the growth. I know that's true of my life. God, make me fruitful. I want to be this. I want to be that. And I want to do this. I want to have that. And he just comes back and says, no, son, just get back and grow. And I think we get too hung up on the fruit sometimes. We get so focused on the outcome that we forget about God taking us through the process. Fruitfulness is a process and not just an event. Faithfulness always leads to fruitfulness. Stay the course, trust the process God will create within you and cause to come from you the fruit of a transformed life. Remain faithful to God and what he is doing in your life and fruitfulness will follow as sure as the sun will set today and rise again tomorrow. Trust God and be faithful in his process. That was bite two. Fruitfulness is process, not an event. Bite number three, fruit begets fruit. It's like what they say with babies, sleep begets sleep. Never wake a sleep baby. Fruit begets fruit. Fruit in heaven, as seed was placed in it at the beginning of time to be the seed for the next thing, that this very piece of fruit can go on and bear another piece of the same thing. Fruit begets 
fruit. I love this, right? A coconut. Because it reminds me of tropical holidays and sitting by the beach. Did you know that God created the coconut with an air bubble inside of it? You might think, yeah, cool, whatever. God created the air bubble inside the coconut because this is the seed, right? What we eat and drink and the big hair, normally a whole lot of hair on the outside of this thing, the husk. There's an air bubble in it. And that is because in in God's forethought, he thought to himself, how am I going to get coconut trees to grow on another piece of land? And so he put an air bubble in there so the coconut could fall from the tree, the seed could fall to the ground, it could get washed away by the waves, and coconuts, they track them, you know that, they float up to 2,000 kilometres across the sea to land on a new piece of ground to become another coconut. This is of dispersal because I can tell you now really many birds are going to eat this one or pick it up and fly away with it, that in the uniqueness of the coconut, God gave it the capacity to beget itself, to reproduce itself by dropping to the ground, in the ocean to a far-off place, taking root somewhere else and producing fruit in an entirely different place. And there's something very coconutish about how God has made you and I. God is not a God who stays. He is not a God who is static. He is not a God who is stuck. The entirety of the narrative is of a God who goes, a God who sends, a God who moves, and a God who does not know the limitations of borders and of languages and of nations. He And as God created the coconut seed to travel the seas in search of new soil, so it is with us. And if there's a word in season, I think this may be one of them. And I wrote it down, I'll read it out. God is releasing the seed of his church upon the waters of chaos and disruption, that his kingdom may take root on land that has never seen this kind of fruit before. There are new communities into which God is sending us. There are new groups of people to whom God is sending us. And there are new churches going to be planted. There are new ideas to be seeded and new kingdom outposts to establish on ground we've never touched. There's something really coconutish about how God's made you and I. The fruit of our lives fall around us. It wouldn't impact here. Wouldn't just impact Bar or wouldn't just impact Janali or the church in Cambodia, their fruit wouldn't just impact there. But within us, there is an air bubble that sees us float to new lands and to new places, to new ventures, to new people, to new missions. I wonder where God is floating you. Well, the pampas grub isn't, I must confess, this isn't actually pampas grass. The reason being that all of the pampas grass, and rightfully so, in the Shire has been poisoned because it is so potent. This is a look-alike. It's a little bit of a rip-off version, but it's not a rampant weed like the pampas grass. But for the case of the example, because I might get pulled up, someone might go, that's not pampas grass. You don't know what pampas grass is, son. I'm telling you now, I know it's not pampas grass, but just stick with me. The pampas grass looks very much like this, just a little bit finer on its feathers. 
But a pampas grass plant can have six of these. Six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like that. And in each one of these heads of pampas grass, 100,000 seeds. 100,000 in one head. In the plant, I'm pretty good at maths. That is 600,000 seeds in one plant. And just as the coconut has its method of dispersal, air bubble, floating sea, new ground, when the wind blows across the pampas grass, the seed is released to go and be planted in another place to produce again and again and again and again and again and again. And I haven't got much to say other than, Lord, may your spirit breathe across this church that the seed of what he has begun here, the seed that he has planted here, may go and find new ground. Holy Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of God, breathe across our lives, breathe across this church. That 600,000 times the impact of this one thing may be seen in our generation. (laughs) He's good. Lastly, I need to pronounce this right and you need to hear it right. Quandongs. Q-U-A-N-D-O-N-G-S. Quandongs. Anyone ever heard of them? If you watched MasterChef this year, you would know that these are the latest fashion in Australian cuisine. In fact, a quandong is native Australian bush food, and I couldn't get one. Uh, you can't really get them. Uh, our indigenous brothers and sisters, they eat them off the land. Um, they use it to track animals. The emus love to eat them. Uh, but one of the significant ways that animals disperse plant seeds is by eating them and pooing them out. I tried poo here, but I didn't work in church. You might have been put off. But certain plant seed uh, species, including many trees, they enclose their seeds in a fleshy, edible fruit that is appealing to uh, fruit-eating animals uh, like the emu. And these fruit-loving animals are called frugivores, one being the emu. They eat fleshy fruits, gulping them down without chewing the seeds. They digest the fleshy pulp and then defecate the seeds and this ingest this process is called endozookery. Zookery. That the seed goes through into the poo, and then out of the poo, something new comes. So I've got some good news for you this morning. <laughs> that when you feel like you've been chewed up, when you feel like you've been swallowed by life whole, when you feel like you are being digested in the stomach of life's worst and crapped out the other end, there's still seed in that stink. 
New life often emerges from the crap of life. Isn't it just true? We're told in Scripture to be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In light of the resurrection, we know that the enemy's work is never the end of the story. And I know at times I feel like I've been chewed up and worked on by the, the enemy, the opposer of our souls, but this seed didn't die. I know that some of you may have felt like you've been chewed up and swallowed and even at times maybe felt like your very life has been devoured. Let me remind you that this morning that you don't die in the devil's digestive system, that God protects his seed, God protects his life, and out of the crap we walk through, new life emerges. The devil thinks we're done in his dung, but friends, we emerge from there more ripe, more mature, and more ready to grow than ever before. And the work of the enemy is never the end of the story in your life. We pass through that bad boy. Genesis 50 says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done now, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. What might feel like you're being swallowed can be God's process of establishing his and process and purpose in your life. And when you feel like a steaming heap of dung laid out in the paddock of loneliness and despair, God takes that experience and seeds something of significance and strength. He takes what was meant to harm us and he gives it new meaning and he gives it a new story and he gives it a new future. The reassurance of God to you this morning is don't be afraid and the promise of God today is in the bowels of death is not your home, death is not your destiny, victory and new life is yours in Jesus' name. Hang on to that. I'm going to invite Ali and the band to come back up. I just want us to reflect on a moment on Jesus. Because Jesus, he was sown into the ground of a broken world. The Lord sent his son as a seed and and planted him into the, the lives of a broken humanity, a sinful and distant and rebellious people. He sowed his son and dug the ground and prepared the way and made sure the conditions were right and he placed his son in the soil of our hearts at just the right time. In fact, we know in Scripture that Jesus is actually called the seed of David, funnily enough. Don't you just love how God brings his word together and we can see from Genesis to Jesus that there is seed in it all. Jesus was sown into the wilderness of humankind's propensity to be selfish and to be greedy and to be evil. Jesus was swallowed whole by death. He was received into the, the bowels 
of death. He was devoured under the weight of our sin. Jesus lay like a dormant seed in the tomb of depth and darkness and despair. But the echo of God's creative voice reverberated through the cracks and the crevices of a dark tomb. And he said, let there be life. And the son responded. And out of the burial came new life. And out of the new life became a new man. And out of the new man became fruit. You see where I'm going here? Jesus has taken this path so we can be fruitful. We can't claim our fruitfulness to be our own. We can't claim the ability for us to restore our souls to be our own work. We cannot claim fruitfulness as anything of our own doing, but entirely on what God has been doing from day dot, laying seed in the ground and causing it to fruit and causing it to fruit again. And you and I, friends, we stand as the fruit of God's kingdom. And He is calling us to multiply and to grow and to mature. The things in us would be buried and there would be an ongoing rhythm of what the seed does in the natural would happen in our own lives and in our church. And I'm not sure where you're, you're feeling like you're at at the moment, whether you're feeling like you're buried or there's just new growth happening for you or there's this ripeness about your life that you are just so convinced that God is about to do something in your life. Anywhere is good. We just got to trust God in the process. God doesn't want us comparing our app up to an apple. Be pleased that we would be a golden nugget mandarin. That your fruitfulness, who you are, just as you are, with your strengths, with your gifts, with your personality, with your history, with your experience, with everything that has happened in your life, there is seed within that thing to grow. Don't wish you were a pumpkin when you're a golden nugget mandarin. Even with your imperfections, you are fruitful. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.